Hello, I'm Kara Kinsler, and you're listening to Inside IASB, the podcast series that explores leadership and education topics as they relate to school board responsibilities. The Illinois Association of School Boards, IASB for short, invite guests from Illinois public school districts to offer insight about current and best practices. In this series, IASB Field Services Director Dee Molinari and I explore a set of guiding principles that describe the fundamental duties of board service for close to 6,000 school board member volunteers elected or appointed to oversee their public schools. The Illinois Association of School Boards, which serves nearly 850 boards of education, call these the foundational principles of effective governance. We will unpack each of the six principles to help listeners understand what they mean, their significance and the oversight role of the school board, and how they are actually put to work in a functioning school board. So D, to recap where we are so far in this series, we've talked about principle one, the board clarifies the district purpose. Then principle two, connecting with the community. When we heard from District 230 about their methods for engaging the community and educating the public about the role of the board. Now we are going to discuss the board's role in determining who will lead that effort. That brings us to foundational principle of effective governance number three. The board employs a superintendent. The board employs and evaluates one person, the superintendent, and holds that person accountable for district performance and compliance with written board policy. Yes, and the board superintendent relationship is critical to the success of the district. A board wants to maintain this relationship even as board members change. We spoke with Community Unit School District 300, Superintendent Susan Harkin, and Board President David Scarpino. President Scarpino talked about their board's process for evaluating the superintendent. This can be challenging for boards as they are trying to maintain a positive relationship. Let's listen to him explain the board's evaluation process and how board members and Superintendent Harkin approach questions and share feedback. We have a document that was approved uh, quite a while ago, and uh, each board member uh, will be receiving that. I'll send it out probably, this is October, probably in December or January, and I'll send it out to all the board members. And we have quantitative and qualitative uh, data that we are looking at, and uh, each board member uh, evaluates the superintendent, uh, and then they submit their evaluation to me, and then I will compile all of the data, all of the comments, everything. And then I will send that finalized document to the board members, ask them if anybody wants to review anything, anyone has any questions, uh, if there's any modifications or corrections, we'll do that. And then uh, what we will do is uh, Susan and myself, and uh, I will probably have uh, my vice president sit in and the three of us will have a talk and we will go over the document with her. The the one and only time that I can recall that there ever was any type of 
um, disagreement is when there was a, a marking for, from a board member regarding the superintendent and the superintendent said, I just wish I would have known that. No one has ever told me that before. And so I'm sitting there listening to this and my goal as the new president is not to have that happen. If people, uh, if people have a question, a concern, anything, uh, I believe Susan will echo this. The board members are free to contact Susan. They, they can. And she readily, uh, if she's not tied up in something, she readily gets back with them and answers their question. You know, and I think it's, you know, how we approach evaluations in District 300 in general, right? We shouldn't wait as the evaluation as the opportunity to provide ways for us to improve, right? Evaluations are the summation, but anytime you shouldn't be waiting to echo what Dr. Scarpino said, right? That all of a sudden, if we could have shared that information sooner um, as it occurred, right? Because at the end of the day, that dynamic and ability to adjust and modify makes the organization stronger. And that is critically essential, right, in in the school district to um, share that feedback immediately because it really shouldn't be um, the evaluation is the only time that you can help your superintendent improve. So the board hires the superintendent, but it is the superintendent that hires the rest of the staff. I suppose there are times when the board may not agree with a hiring decision. If this happens, what is the best course of action for a board? Oh, Karen, that is tough, and this does happen. In these scenarios, it requires work, and that work is upon everyone, the board, the superintendent, to do what is best for the district, ultimately the students. I would suggest the superintendent spend time one-on-one with each board member to develop the relationship. Most importantly, those on the other side of the vote need to move on and not rehash that this is not what they wanted. When the vote is taken, everyone supports the vote and does their part to move forward. Understand that it will take time to build the relationship. This goes back to having that healthy dialogue that President Scarpino and Superintendent Harkin explained and a relationship built on trust. I would say so far in my tenure, you know, in 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 my where we had to backfill my position because I was an internal candidate. And so therefore there was kind of a domino approach. Uh, I, you know, we certainly discussed what that new organization chart was going to be. In most cases, we were elevating current people in the organization to new roles. And I believe at the end of the day, I had a very supportive board and certainly uh, it was, again, a dialogue, right? At the end of the day, the success in an organization between the board and the superintendent is the ability to have that real honest dialogue to then answer questions and provide, you know, you know, never with, you know, I think it's important for the superintendent not to have an ego that says I'm right in all situations that you take that feedback from your board. And again, either explain why you've made the decision and, you know, or actually take that feedback and say, Hey, you know what, you've got some pretty decent insight. I may need to reconsider my decision here. And so I will say, as we went through the reorganization, of District 300 as I was promoted into this role, I believe we had multiple times that the board provided their own, asked questions, provided guidance and insight. And I think that only created the opportunity to create an even more solid um, 
a team to move forward with um, what direction the board wants to go into. The one thing that that is paramount and, and it's one word and, and that word is trust. The seven of us trust Susan. We do implicitly. She is the individual. Uh, she's the head of our organization. And and I respect Susan. I respect her work ethic. I respect her as a person. And and so do my fellow board members. And that, that is something that um, I would hope that all boards of education could say about their superintendent. Communication protocols are important. Areas that can be addressed in protocols are how often does the superintendent provide the board with an update or how do board members ask agenda of questions? President Scarpino and Superintendent Harkin talked through their typical communication between the board and the superintendent and how often it occurs. I meet regularly with Susan and and that is to keep an open dialogue if there's anything going on. And as we all know, during COVID, it's every day, every hour, there's something going on. And so Susan keeps me apprised of everything. She also sends out uh, weekly messages to the Board of Education. Uh, alerting us and informing us on a wide variety of, of matters. And at, at any time, if there is a question, uh, I can say confidently, all board members, all board members are, they feel confident and at ease in contacting our superintendent. Recently, we've had to fine tune, right? Because as, as, as Dr. Scarpino mentioned, right, in COVID, there's been a higher level of engagement from our community, asking questions of our board. Um, and, you know, and, and as we've been in a very rapid pace of dealing and addressing issues on a daily basis, we just recently have reestablished what will be our chain of communication. I think what's most important is to really look at the question that's being asked and finding the answer and, and, and you know, not personalizing. And, and if, if, if it does feel personal, right, then it's okay. You know what? Being honest about, hey, that felt personal. I feel like I'm doing this, but I, I let me, let's get to what's behind that. Because again, when we work together, you know, and when we went through our governance training early on, because we did that in July through the uh, self-governance, self-evaluation process with IASB, I think we started out in the right foot right from the very beginning to set kind of those expectations on how we would be communicating. But I think from my role, what's most important is not to ever take a question that it's a personal attack or something that, you know, I need to defend. It really should be the dialogue to go back and forth on. Let me explain how do we refine? Maybe we have a misunderstanding or we really truly need to change what we're doing. And, and again, that's what's right and best because, you know, the school board should feel comfortable to, you know, press me in ways that if it means that we get better, that it's not personal. It's about how we focus on the 21,000 kids we serve in District 300 and that it's about them at the end of the day. It's not about us. And if they need more information or we need to look at things differently, that we can engage in that conversation in a meaningful way. Trust takes time to develop but can be diminished in seconds. The board and superintendent relationship needs a level of trust. The superintendent needs to trust the board to stay in their role. The board needs to trust the superintendent to get the work done to progress towards the district's ends. 
And of course, the board will verify through monitoring. The relationship between this board and superintendent is critical to the success of the district, enabling it to move forward and remain focused on its ends. Thank you, Superintendent Susan Harkin and Board President David Scarpino at CUSD 300. This episode focused on the board's role hiring the superintendent. Although the board is legally required to approve all employment contracts, the board delegates authority to the superintendent to select and evaluate district staff within the standards the board established. In the next episode, we'll continue with the board delegating authority. That is foundational principle number four. And we'll share insight from Fieldcrest CUSD 6. All of this and more on the next episode of Inside IASB. Thanks for listening. Please share and follow Inside IASB podcast episodes available at www.iasb.com podcast. We welcome listener feedback. Mm-hmm.